to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today, we take on the letter S. We also take another crack at some games and talk TV. It's time for Categorized. All right, last time you were here, we took on some Categorized. We thought it would be... A fun idea to do it again, only because S is maybe the largest possible range of movies to take on. Uh, So we are at S and we knew it would take a while. So let's do it right now while we're in quarantine. I had the hardest time with my like fifth pick, like the first four movies that were in my top five. They kind of slid in there real easily. That fifth, there were so many contenders I don't, I still even don't, I'm not sure that I picked the right one. I actually have a contender that I have to mention right now, like right now. Um, Watched it last week. It slid into my top 100 movies of all time. If I had watched it earlier, it would definitely be on this list, I think. Uh, And that is Smokey and the Bandit. Can't believe how good Smokey and the Bandit is. Nobody told me. What year was that film? 1978, I've heard of it. I think. Wow. And I, I just, I can't believe how much fun it is, how much fun Sally Field and uh, Burt Reynolds are having. Like, it almost looks like in every scene they are cracking up and trying, like, they're trying to do their best, but they're breaking character, and I'm just having so much fun with it. Instant classic instant favorite if i hadn't seen it in 2020 and i had seen it in the 80s it might have been on my list longer so that i could really weigh it wouldn't you have been like barely a child in a hundred percent but this is like (laughs) this is like a, a cottage movie that i think if you have a cottage or you spend time putting on like rainy day movies Smokey and the bandit you need to throw into rotation people it is not in my categorized it's not in my top five I had to mention it. It may have been if I had seen it when I was younger. Cool. Can I can I take a guess at one that is in your top five? Oh, of course. I'm sure you know like all five of them. The Sandlot. No, The Sandlot is actually not there. What? You talk about it all the time. Is it on yours? No, no, it's not on mine. But you talk about The Sandlot constantly. I know. I love The Sandlot. Uh, it is in my top 25 movies of all time, but there are a couple S's ahead of it. So it did not make it in. But I'm sure you will hear some familiars once we get started. But let's start with you because I'm very curious what made your list. Yeah, my list is crazy. I'm going to start with one that probably you're going to be shocked at. Okay, I'm good with shocked. Scream. No, it's on my list too. I'm not shocked by that at all. Really? It's on your list too? Absolutely. Scream is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is by far my favorite horror movie. Well, that's not true. It's by far my favorite like... 90s horror movie i would say yeah Uh, scream changed cinema so i have to love it it was a very big film in my life so why is it on your list it was a film that made me realize i loved horror and not just horror but like elevated horror the stuff that is not like the schlocky B movie stuff, but like taking that concept of the B movie and elevating it to something better. So I just, I love the movie. It's so witty. It's fast paced. I love the dialogue. And you're right. It changed 
It changed cinema. Slashers were dead and it came in and all of a sudden we had a renaissance of slasher flicks with a mystery attached to who could be the killer. And honestly, if we don't have Woodsboro, if we don't have the Scream trilogy, uh, and we don't really talk about two and three, but it did a lot of good things for Hollywood. All right. Well, we both have Scream on our list. Well, that's kind of cool. Let's go to Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Not surprised that's on your list. I'm glad to hear it, though. Okay, look. Jaws was my favorite movie since I was 15 years old until the day that Scott Pilgrim versus the world came out. And for at least a summer, at least a year, Scott Pilgrim versus the world was my favorite movie. I'd never seen anything like this. The post-production took like two and a half years. It is bonkers how much fun Scott Pilgrim versus the world is. And it is not the only Edgar Wright film on my list. <laughs> I- I'm telling you, it is not a film to be missed. If you are into meta, fun, geeky things, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is right up your alley. It's not my number one anymore. Like I- I- It went back to Jaws Like the next time I saw Jaws in theaters. But Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was huge, 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 huge movie. It's in my top ten of all time. It is so funny. It is so great. I quote it. All the time. Great movie. All right. uh, For me, I'm going to pick something kind of classic, and that is The Shining, another horror film. I love the original Shining. Not surprised it's on your list at all. You know what? It's just cinematically beautiful. Jack Nicholson is one of my favorite actors, and he gives a spot-on performance. I I will say the only thing that is bad about the movie is Shelley Long, in my opinion. And I I don't think it's her fault because it sounds like Kubrick drove her to the performance she gave. And and I don't like how her character is written, but everything else about that movie, ugh, so good, so creepy, though, like... That is a movie that is a master class on mise-en-scene and how to do it right. And it's so interesting that you picked that because I know that when you hear horror stories about a director, it kind of poisons your mind to the film. But even though Kubrick like tortured Shelley Long, uh, you you are still like, nope, this is a this is in my top five. Absolutely. The Shining deserves that spot. I mean, okay, he he tortured Shelley Long. He's, as far as I know, just a, a a very difficult person to work with. The only thing that was bad about the movie was the thing that he also ruined with his torturing. And that somehow makes it better. Because the people who he didn't torture, well, they helped to make a much better movie. Like, those are the parts of the movie that I like more. Well, those are the better parts of the movie, if we're being fair. <laughs> they are, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew The Shining would be on your list. It was like in my head, Shining will come up for sure. Scream was a very nice surprise. Can I can I do a guess for yours? Your next yeah, one? Yeah, hit me. Hit me. I, I'm sure it's on there. Spotlight. Yeah, I was going to go Spotlight. If you know me, Spotlight should not be one of my favorite S movies. It is a very heavy drama. It's just journalists doing their journalist thing. There's not like a hell of a lot happening, but- I watch Spotlight on repeat the way that I used to watch Jaws on repeat. At least once a year, I put it on. I find new things in it. And the thing is, the crazy thing is, I loved it when it came out. We talked about it on the podcast. But then I saw it again and again and again. And I don't know what it is about Spotlight. The subject matter is really hard to watch. But it's just these 
dynamic performances uh, in a in a gripping, gripping journalist story. And I, I yeah, I mean, I don't have anything more to say about it. It's it's so gripping and I love it. I think what's really cool about Spotlight is that it's such an understated film. And I think there's something to be said about like being patient with a story you're writing and like not rushing it. And when they think they have enough going, hold on, let's make sure like just doing really good work. It's inspiring. Beautiful film. All right. Sin City. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Sin City's great. Uh, why is it on your list? You know, I saw it in theaters and it just blew me away. I had never seen a movie like Sin City. It's really fun. I mean, the yellow guy, oh, he was so gross. I will never, like to this day, I have a visceral reaction in my gut when I think about that character. It kind of brought back Elijah Wood. He was in, obviously, all the Lord of the Rings movies, but that I didn't think that that brought him back as like an actor. Like, I don't think he would have gotten Wilfred if it were not for Sin City and just how freaking scary he was in it. It's this movie that's really cool and I had never seen anything that looked quite like it and just the way it looked. It, it looks fantastic. This is one of those movies that uh, is so stylized and and. To be honest, the stories in it are a lot of fun. So uh, I, I don't fault you at all for having Sin City here. I, I just never would have considered that to be on your list. I don't think we've ever even talked about Sin City. We've definitely talked about this. I'm not going to go down the road, but Stand By Me is one for me. I I love Stand By Me. Oh my God, I totally would have figured Sandlot would have made it over Stand By Me. But you're right, we talk about this movie a lot. Yeah, I mean, Stand (laughs) By Me is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's about boyhood. It is a film I saw in high school for the first time. I think that's a very important thing, is nostalgia plays a big part in Stand By Me. But I also... I also know that I might have a different reaction to the film if I weren't a boy and I didn't have the kind of childhood I had. I could have seen this movie and had a totally different reaction to it. But sure enough, I, you know, grew up walking through the woods as a kid with my friends and uh, it just brings back tons of memories. I love Stand By Me. It's one of Stephen King's novellas and I, I think it's a really... Uh, interesting film about being a boy and I've said this before but I think Rob Reiner as the director allowed a bunch of kids to act like kids it it wasn't necessarily someone being told they had to act that way it was who they were as characters and that's what makes the film good when you look at other films with child actors in it you see them being fed to act even more childish than they may even be at that point. They did not do that with Stand By Me. It is a rated R movie for a reason. And I just like, I I really liked that they took the kids seriously. My next one is I think a classic movie that probably is on a lot of the top S movie lists. uh, And that is Shawshank Redemption. Boom. Nice. Dropping the show. Is that on your list? Nope. What can I say about this movie? It's a classic. I've seen it probably four times, which is a lot for me. That is tons for you. I, I, I must have seen this movie like 15 times. But when you say even more than once, I'm like, 
that is a lot. You really like this movie. Absolutely. I think for me, Morgan Freeman is why I like the movie so much. And if he were not in it, and if he did not play the character he played, I don't think it would have, you know, it would have never bothered to be in my mind as this like epic film. It's optimistic in its own way, even though obviously it's very much set in a prison. It's just, it's not gritty. It's kind of like good old days kind of view of what prison is and friendship and, and hope and what that can do to keep a person going. It's beautiful. Great movie. Great choice. And that's the second time we brought up Stephen King uh, having any kind of influence in her movie choosing. Um, by the way, he's got a new book out. If, if it bleeds, it's another, it's a book of short stories. Ooh, Just arrived cool. on Tuesday. While we're in quarantine, good timing if you're a Stephen King fan. Another Stephen King. S. Boom. There we go. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So my last one, I already basically gave you a huge hint. Edgar Wright's on this list twice, and this is Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. I don't know what to say about Shaun of the Dead. It is a masterpiece of zombie hilarity. It is the first time I'd ever seen it. I, I, I don't even call it a dark comedy. It's a comedy and it puts the comedy before the zombie. And I just absolutely love it. It's dry, but it's also really witty and it's also really thoughtful and thought out. It's a romantic comedy with zombies. Nothing not to like. Edgar Wright, I think, might be the next genius director. I did not realize this was an Edgar Wright film. He does so many different types of movies. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He wants to take it all on. I mean, okay, like count him down. We got Shaun of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, The World's End, Hot Fuzz, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. I mean, the guy's on fire, right? Did you know that he did like a fake trailer for Grindhouse? He totally did. He's so cool. And he has three movies right now that are like coming out at some point. For our friends who are on Letterboxd, if you missed it, Edgar Wright put up his own quarantine list of things you got to watch in quarantine. And I got to say, it will influence your watch list. It's really, really interesting the the amount of movie wealth in that guy's brain. So he's definitely someone I look up to. Two are on my favorite S's. Both of these movies are in my top 50 movies of all time. Edgar Wright is a force. I did not realize... I was like wondering what other Edgar Wright film starts with an S. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? Shaun of the Dead is really good. It's definitely on my short list along with many others, including one that you hate that I love. Um, Silver Linings Playbook, which did not make my list. Don't Why worry. would that ever be on anyone's <laughs> top five S movies when there's other things? I mean, honestly, I just saw Sunset Boulevard as well. And and it's that is how you do a finale of a movie. Holy shit. But it didn't make my S's. Uh, I actually enjoyed Smokey and the Bandit more than I did Sunset Boulevard, if you can believe that. <laughs> so we're watching lots of movies in quarantine. Okay, so Silver Linings Playbook is not in my top five, but... Seven is. Ooh, we got some Fincher up on the list. I guess I have a lot of like horror leaning movies here, but it was a really cool movie. I actually have not rewatched it in a long time. So this is going totally based on my memory of this movie. I think it's such a good movie. It was between that and Spirited Away. I didn't know which to pick, but seven won in the end. Oh my God, Spirited Away. <gasps> yeah, because like Spirited Away is this. It's an animation, but it's like for adults. 
And I only watched it recently, like in the last two, three years. And it like creeped the fuck out of me, but also made me feel really calm. And like, I felt like the little girl going through that imaginary town. But I I can can see how seven would make it over spirited away. Even though Spirited Away is this giant fantasy, beautiful film. Seven is an amazing film noir mystery with a great ending, like an incredible ending great ending and i think the performances too like brad pitt's really incredible and like morgan freeman's amazing like and just all of the deaths are so inventive like the seven deadly sins and how you go through them and each one and how they go into these it's not even that you see the gore it's just that you hear how the deaths happen and all of that makes it just like wretches your insides like you feel it like gluttony, I will never not remember gluttony. I will never not remember sloth. Yeah. <laughs> all of that. Well, all of, lust is awful too. Like they're all so. Oh yeah. Lust is disgusting. Oh. They're all, yeah, they're so inventive. So your brain really just like goes on a journey with seven. Like, to be honest, wrath is really like the most calm of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like really, it really is. <laughs> It had the least fanfare in its own way. It really did. <laughs> Although, of course, it doesn't because holy shit. But man, oh, I, oh, geez. And his his sin is envy. And the, ah, it's a great, great movie. Um, I think it's like one of the first movies I ever saw in a movie theater. I loved it. <laughs> uh, the thing I love about Seven is that I always have to explain the ending to my mother who has, I've, I've watched this movie with her at least three times. And at the end, she goes, now, Jason. Now, can, what happened there? Why is that important? And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my. And I always have to explain it to her every single time. And I'm like, not every movie is Forrest Gump in its explanation, Mom. You have to let your brain do some thinking. Those are our uh, S movies. Obviously, lots to talk about in the world of S. It's a huge, huge, huge category in our categorized. But now we got to pick our favorite out of our fives. What's yours? You go first. I can't. I can't even like think about this. Oh, I mean, stand by me. Like, I've got it. It's done. It's stand by me. I, I was trying to hold it back. But stand by me right now is my number one movie of all time. What? On my top 100 favorites list. Really? Your number one? Of all time? All time. Now, I am watching a lot of old movies, and a lot of old movies are amazing. I think my top 100 favorites list is going to have a rewrite soon. But as of today, yeah, Stand By Me is my number one favorite movie. So, of course, it's got to be my number one pick on Categorize this week. All right. Well, my number one, I'm just picking it. It's Scream. Oh, I love you so much for picking Scream. Scream is so good. (laughs) No, I'm just so happy because, I mean, it was on my list too. So that's like amazing. (laughs) Okay, so Scream and Seven will go on at some point. Maybe we'll do something with all of these. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So, Jay, we're still quarantined. We haven't left our homes except for walks. The world is still ending, but kind of looking more hopeful so long as the U.S. doesn't open things up like an idiot. Uh, how, how are you doing? What's new? You know what? There's a lot of Zoom conversation about sweatpants. And, uh, and, and, and 
I don't know if you know this about me. I don't own a pair of sweatpants. Like not a, not a single pair of not sweatpants? Not a single pair of sweatpants. So every morning I put on a pair of jeans. Every day I work wait. and live in jeans. Wait, 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 wait. Your at-home pants? I can kind of get behind you don't own sweatpants. I kind of get it. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. But... <laughs> um you have to have comfy pants like what are your comfy pants you and not jeans don't tell me jeans because jeans are not comfortable jeans are a thick stiff material (laughs) that's lovely jeans lovely my everyday at home attire if i am sitting in a chair or reading a book i am wearing jeans every single day that is what I've always worn. Are you? My family's are weird you like insane? this too. I know. So anyway, there's been a lot of conversation about like, oh my God, I want to get out of sweatpants. And I, I'm like, why don't, you're not wearing jeans? And and everybody looked at me. The way you're looking at me now through Zoom is, I'm sorry, are you not in sweatpants? No, no, no. It's not. It's not. Are you not in sweatpants? I'm looking at you like, Okay. Saying that you wear jeans every day in quarantine is like saying you wear a suit. You might as well be wearing a suit. Like, they're fancy pants now. Like, I know that they're not technically fancy, but in 2020, jeans are dress-up pants. It's what you wear to impress people. So here's the deal. I am going to get on board the sweatpants world of sweatpants. now, But I need to understand... Like, what is it about sweatpants? Because in the past, when I've owned a pair of sweatpants, you know, the band does that, like, it's tight, and it, like, like what sweatpants oh, should I be buying? You're owning, you're clearly owning the wrong sweatpants. Rather than going with, like, the old sweatpants kind of pants, I recommend you go firmly into athleisure wear. <laughs> like, are you talking about, like, like tights? For me, yes, it's tights. For you, I kind of think you should hop onto the Lululemon site. Okay. Take a look at what they've got going on. Because the thing is, sweatpants, like the old style of sweatpants, they can be hot. And I know that you don't like to feel hot. I do not like to feel hot. Yeah. And and they're kind of like thick. And they're not, you know, very nice. But nowadays, you can get... Pants that are these lightweight, breathable fabrics that are basically the same thing as sweatpants, but they look much nicer and they are much nicer. Okay, I will. uh, So this is what we're going to do, Ivana. I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to see if I can find some Lululemon like men's sweat track pant stuff. And I'm going to send it to you and you're going to look at the fabric and tell me if it's going to be okay. All right. Yeah, I love this. In fact, we're going to do this after we get off of podcast. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I, I'm excited for this. I'm excited because I want to experience what everyone else is experiencing, this blissful existence of not being in jeans. I never even thought about it until this quarantine. Like, I can't believe you wear jeans while, like, reading a book. Yeah. No, nope, Oh, my totally. God. <laughs> These are some quarantine games. All right. So this is a part of our quarantine games section that we have now. And uh, yeah, it's going to be some real silliness because 
We're going to do some, we're going to take some BuzzFeed quizzes. Oh, yeah. You can find the links. Basically, the first one, I think you're going to do some quizzing on me from a BuzzFeed, and I'm going to take the BuzzFeed and enter my answer, right? I'll enter it for you. Okay, perfect. So what is the first thing we're doing? These are questions from each and every grade, all the way from kindergarten to grade 12. And we're asking you, could you pass one more time? So it's kind of like trivia. Are you ready? I am ready. Do you have the quiz in front of you? I do. I can, I can see the hearts. Great. How many hearts are there? There are three hearts. That is correct. Jay correctly identified three hearts. Oh, yeah. I'm going to crush this. <laughs> Grade one. Jeremy has seven cupcakes. Laura eats two. How many does Jeremy have left? Jeremy has five cupcakes remaining. Correct. Boom. Grade two. You've passed. Just a brilliant man. This is awesome. I feel so accomplished. <laughs> Which of the following is not a state of matter? Solid, liquid, gas, or color? Color. That is correct, my friend. Oh, you have passed baby. to the third grade. Select the, wor the word that is spelled correctly. And the word is receive. Do you, do you want me to just spell receive for you? Yeah. I'd like you to spell receive for me. Receive is spelled R-E-C-E-I-V-E -E because I before E except after C. Damn, that's good. You have passed to the fourth grade, my fourth friend. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Okay, now we're going to get into trouble. I was way more into girls <laughs> than actually learning in the fourth grade. That's when I started with boys. Know, All right. Terrible. Select the correct definition of flourish. To achieve success, to take pleasure or satisfaction in, to delay serving or containing or yielding. I'm going to say to achieve success, and I think I'm wrong. You are correct. Oh, yeah. I was into girls, but they weren't into me, so I learned stuff. <laughs> you have passed to the fifth grade. Convert this mixed number into an improper fraction. Oh, yeah. Here, here we go. Here we go. This is going to be brutal. So we have five and two-fifths. And to remind everybody, an improper fraction is one where the top number is larger than the bottom number. So five and two-fifths. It's 25 over five, 27 over five, 75 over seven, or 27 over 7. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to guess uh 27 over 5. That's correct, my friend. You know your improper fractions. I do not know my improper fractions. I want it on the record on this podcast. That was a <laughs> full-on guess. All right, well, we're moving on to the 6th grade anyway. Um give the number, symbol, and atomic mass for carbon. A. 5 C. 12.01, 117CA, 15.32, 10CA, 15.01, or 6C, 12.01. I think it is 117CA. You're wrong. And I know this because I also got it wrong. I chose 5C, 12.01, and the answer was 6C, oh, 12.01. So what is the... Uh, what is the 
CA is calcium. It's calcium. I thought CAL was calcium. But okay. So yeah. Uh-huh. Perfect. See, this is all tricky. Tricky, tricky. <laughs> All right, we've moved on to seventh grade. And when I did this earlier, I just want to know for the record, I also got that one wrong. Um, All right, seventh grade. Solve bracket six times three bracket plus three to the power of two. So you, it can be 27, 24, nine, or 21. Okay, so 18 plus nine is, what is that, 27? That's correct. Booyah. You know your your bed mass. Do you remember bed mass? Yeah, you got to do the brackets first, so you get eighteen, and then you add. Yeah. Uh, if it's the square then, root then of three, you, it's, it's just three times three, and it's uh, and that's nine, and then you do some math. Yeah. <laughs> okay, eighth grade. Uh, what method is used to measure the age of a rock? Absolute age, geologic age, radiometric dating. Radio radioactive dating. Uh, okay, so to to do the age of a rock, you do the uh, geologic scale. Yes, radiometric would be no. Is it radiometric? Yes, it's radiometric. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. I think weird you got it. That geologic geo being rock and radiometric being wave is like that's weird. It's different aging, and also I don't think that the geologic scale is a real thing. Yeah. Bullshit, baby. Okay, ninth grade. Ninth grade. Solve 2 over 3 plus 5 over 8. We're talking adding fractions with different bottom numbers. So 31 over 24, 43 over 28, 24 over 31, or 38 over 28. And they were... Do you remember adding yeah, fractions with different Yeah, I think you multiply numbers in the adjacent group. Uh, I'm going to go with... Just focus focus on the bottom, the denominator. <laughs> yeah, but then I have to prove my work, and I can't prove my work. I don't know what the hell I'm You don't have about. to prove your work. All you have to do is choose one of these options. I'm going with 38 and, uh, over 28. Ah, uh, so close. 43 over 28. So close. I can't do math. It was 31 over 20. It was 31 over 24. It was because, and you had it right. You said you ma- you multiply like the the things and um, three times eight is 24. So Right. Ah, see, I can't do the math because then I added it. I, oh, God, I'm the worst. Okay, uh, 10th grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 10th grade. What is the definition of hamartia? I think that's how you say it. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A. Guiding beliefs or groups of a person, group, or institution lasting a short time to make confused or a tragic flaw. I'm going to say it's to make confused. That's wrong. Well, it, it made me confused because I don't flaw. know no Marsha. <laughs> Which one was it? A, a tragic flaw. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, obviously, as you go through your grades, children. Things get harder. <laughs> We're getting close to. We're at 11th grade. We're almost at the end. All right. A scalene triangle is defined as a triangle with no sides of the same length, a triangle with equal sides, a triangle with two sides of the same length, 
or a triangle with a right angle. Well, isn't an equilateral triangle the equal side? So I'm going to go with the triangle with no sides of the same length. Boom. You got it. What up, geometry? I'm back. (laughs) And now we're at 12th grade, the final grade. Are you going to graduate school? Um, How do you measure mineral hardness? The kinetic scale, the Mohs scale, the cyclone scale, syncline scale, I think that's how you say it, or the Digsby scale. I want everybody to know that I stopped taking science in grade 10, and I'm now at grade 12 science, so you know with me, let's do some guessing. And we're going to guess the Mohs scale, because it just sounds fun. And you got it. It is correct. There you go. When you're doing a test and you don't know, just pick the fun answer. And I just want to say that according to the answer key, you are an honor roll student, my friend. You got 10 out of 13 correct. (laughs) Boom. I, uh, I, I bet I picked up some of that. Like the math stuff, I can't do math in my head. Like it's, I either have to do it on piece of paper or I have to do it with the calculator. I've never had the ability to do quick math in my head. Hey, you did pretty good. I have to say I'm very impressed. Did I beat you? Uh, no, I got two wrong. Okay, so you got all right. Champion but you were close. You were almost here. the same. <laughs> this is Top Drawer TV. I'm pretty excited for our Top Drawer TV this week. We watched Get Shorty. Yeah, we picked this in contrast to watching Get Shorty the movie last time. Yep. And we said we'd watch two episodes. So the setup is similar, but it's a little bit different. You got a gangster guy named Miles who's been separated for his wife from his wife for six months. And all he wants is to get his family back together. And in this case, Get Shorty is a reference to him getting back with his family, in particular, his daughter, who he calls Shorty. But he knows that to get his family back, it means leaving the life. So on a jaunt down to L.A. to collect on a debt, he and his partner stumble into a fancy Hollywood script. And after murdering the owner of the script, they decide to pitch the idea of producing the film to their mob queen, who, BTW, is fucking terrific. She's terrific in all the right ways, by the way. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, And then we kind of pick up where the movie would have. Miles goes to Hollywood trying to make the thing happen and wrangle a producer played by Ray Romano on board to help him out with the stuff he doesn't know. Trouble starts brewing when all involved start realizing that Miles really wants to produce a good movie out of the script that they stole. And tensions start creeping in from the mob queen's nephew, Iago. Uh, Who is just not a nice person at all. But that's sort of the gist of the premise for these two episodes. So what did what did you think? I loved Get Short. I saw the whole first season and then I rewatched the first two episodes. Uh, and now I'm going to just go right from the beginning and keep going. Season two, season three. So I, I watched season one of Get Shorty for this. Uh, I watched all of season one in maybe a weekend. So I'm having a little bit of tricky time figuring out where the two episodes are. But I think... He's already pissed off Iago because he he was like, get that gun out of my face uh, and then broke. Yeah, his that hands. happens in episode one yep. and episode two. Iago, because he's mad at him, pitches to the mob queen. Um, hey, what if we bought this like dance club and funneled the right. money laundering through the dance club? 
And she just like looked at it and thought about her nephew like partying and doing coke all night and was like, no, and walked out the door. Meanwhile, she starts reading the script because I only rewatched episodes one and two. So I feel like I'm a little bit better at the where are we in the season. She starts reading this movie script and it reminds her of her own life in some ways. And you get this really cool like backstory where you see that like her parents sold her to a gangster to be married to him and like a badass. She fucking kills the man. It's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a really, really gritty, good series. I I really, really like the mob queen. I'm trying to remember her name. Do you know it off the top of your head? Oh, Amara. That's right. It's Amara. And Amara is awesome. And all the while, you know, there's other things going on in the show, like there's gang wars. They're trying to take turf from other people. They are trying to launder money. I love Amara's like right hand man, Ed. Love Ed. I I think one of my favorite parts about when Ed reads the script is like when he doesn't know how to pronounce words. And then another Amara character that I love is her accountant and he like knows what the words are from off in his like little office because he's like slightly invested in the script as well at this point yeah because it's an actually good script let's just talk about iago for a second first i just realized because i'm on the imdb he they spelled the name y-a-g-o but in my head it was like iago like from othello and and aladdin right right (laughs) Because he is kind of like that character. He's just decided he doesn't like Miles and he's going to do everything in his power to fuck Miles He definitely is an asshole to Miles even before Miles breaks his hand. But then Miles breaks his hand and he's already got a chip on his shoulder because he is the nephew of Amara. So he he feels he's owed stuff because they're a part of the family. Yeah, like he's like higher up in the gangster whatever, like hierarchy that's right and and i i really like the iago character i just um i just really want him to die like i just really hate him but i like him i like to hate him yeah he's like a perfect i like to hate kind of character so in the first two episodes we get to meet nathan who is the roommate to the author who is going to be murdered. Oh my God, he's so lovable and clueless and stupid. He's so lovable and <laughs> stupid and like sleeping with Topher Grace as a prostitute for extra money so that he can live there. He is fantastic. And I mean, I don't want to get too far into the series, but he becomes a bigger character later on in season one. And and he's just so innocent like he is the definition of innocence so my thing with get shorty the tv series and get shorty the movie is i don't think they are comparable things i think they are so incredibly different that it is hard with the exception of there's a mobster who goes to hollywood to produce a movie they are very different miles is different than Shelley, and a really interesting story in the tv series about him being with his family again, and that's so important to him. There's no family for Chili Chili. That's not a part of his radar at all. So so I just think that they, they're two separate things that I don't even really consider them the same. I'm watching Get Shorty the TV series, and after the first episode, I have no idea where it's going to go. And this is a movie that I've seen a hundred times, Maybe not that many, but like at least 30 times. And 
you know, I know that beat for beat, but I have no idea where the Get Shorty TV series is going. So for me, the Get Shorty TV series is totally a different thing as far as I'm concerned. It's fun. Chris O'Dowd is great in everything he does. So he's awesome as this Irish mobster. I just, I can I just, he's so heart rent. Like, I just love him. Like, he's so in love with his ex-wife. Like, he's so in love with her. And it's it adds so much to this series. Like, he's so sincere. Well, there's a great scene. And I think this is the second episode where he blackmails a studio exec. And you think he's getting together with her to, like, sleep with her. Not at all. He could care less about anyone else except his wife. And then he, like, really pressed the screws to her. Yeah, yeah. And and he does flirt with her. Like, she is definitely into him, and he knows. And Well, hey, this is why you don't do blackface at any point in your life. Yeah, exactly. Her excuse for going out on Halloween as Oprah is amazing. She's inspirational <laughs> to me. And it's like, listen, I, I get all the things you're saying. But I'm going to ruin your life with these photos. If you don't produce this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, so I think there's a lot of good stuff in this. I think everybody should at least give it a couple episodes because it's you'll get hooked real quick. If you're into movies at all, he talks a lot about what movies mean to him. And that is, for me, the best part of the series. There are a few things that makes me think about the movie. And Chili Palmer truly loved movies, and Miles Daly truly loves movies. And I think those are, that's really the connective tissue along with the overall plot. What I'm curious about is there's also a book. I didn't know this until we watched the movie. There's a book called Get Shorty. How does this television series compare to the book? You're right. They're completely different entities. I don't even know how... The same source material came out of a book? That's what I don't know. I don't know where it happened. Completely different characters, right? Like, you have Chili Palmer or Miles Daly. Like, you don't even have the same lead, which, thank God. Imagine if Chris O'Dowd was trying to be Chili Palmer. It, it wouldn't have worked. He he couldn't pull off a Chili Palmer, I don't think. Uh, he pulls off Miles because... Look, Chris O'Dowd is not a tough guy when you think of Chris O'Dowd, but he is in the show. At moments, he is very intimidating, uh, and you don't want to be on that side of Chris O'Dowd. However, in the movie version, John Travolta is intimidating without being violent usually ever or threatening anyone. It's interesting. I never thought of him as intimidating at all. I found Chili Palmer to be more like um, Bugs Bunny. Always cool and always one step ahead, so he never needed to be intimidated. Yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) I'm always intimidated by Chili Palmer because I I think it's just, like, really, really interesting when he walks into a room and everybody looks up and it's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the one telling it like it is. And it's like, yeah, he is. But both characters are very smart and... In their own ways, very confident. They're extremely confident. Miles could not produce this movie without that confidence. I'm I'm going to say, like, get Shorty. I'm going to keep watching it. I, I've got season two ready for when I'm ready to go to it. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I appreciate you picking Get Shorty in response to Get Shorty. Next time, we are going to watch, well, I'm going to watch 
Call of the Wild. Ivana is going to read the book. That's correct. And then we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be super weird. But if you don't want to read the book, Call of the Wild is available uh, with Harrison Ford. The version from 2020 is the one we're going to watch. Yeah. And I'm not going to watch anything. So it'll be interesting because I'll go in cold and you'll go in cold on the different media. Um, And we're going to see how fun that is. And that might become a segment in the future. Maybe. Who knows? And that's the show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to help support our show, definitely you can do that. All you have to do is hop onto your favorite podcast surface, subscribe, and give us a rating. Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out all of our show notes for more information about that music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Jay and I love to hear from you, so we built a website, morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us at hello at morethemovies.net. We also have Facebook, More The Movies Podcast. Or catch either one of us on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next time with an all-new commercial-free episode. Until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. (laughs) 